Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We would have an argument that didn't make sense, but it seemed like he kind of instigated an argument so that we can take a break or break up so that he can have his time away. And I'm like, this is stupid. This makes zero sense. (laughs) So let's not do that anymore. Let's start talking to each other and telling each other what we really need. Welcome back to Open Late Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and this week I have with me Reese and Joe out of Buffalo, New York, and they are the hosts of Poly by Nature, a brand new podcast sharing their insights and their journey to becoming a polyamorous couple and polyamorous parents. So as someone who just got a surrogate pregnant, I'm really curious personally, because I have a lot of questions of how to navigate this um, at, you know, this stage in your life that you're in having raised kids. Um, so yeah, got personal interests that are going to come out today. And yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Definitely. Yeah, of course. I was excited when your show popped up on my social media searches. I don't even remember how, but I'm always looking for, you know, people who are just educating about these topics and sharing more of their personal lives and normalizing the concept of consensual non-monogamy. So thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. We've we've definitely noticed a lot more people popping up and being suggested to us now Mm -hmm. that we've, you know, kind of dived a little bit deeper into, you know, what it is, who who's involved in the community and everything like that. So it's it's always fun finding new shows and people and stuff. Yeah. And the community is growing, which is great because there's, we need so many more, you know, if you think about it, like we don't have many resources at all. And that's kind of where I want to start with you two. Um, You know, what was the first inkling that you wanted to open up your relationship? You you guys have been together for over 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. And so how did it start? And who did you see, if anybody at all, like practicing where you were like, oh, okay, like they're doing it? Or did you like fly blind? You know, for, for me, it started with infidelity, honestly. It started mm-hmm. in the past with not really being able to express what I was trying to go through in life. Um, not really understanding like what new relationship energy was, but knowing that I was drawn to meeting people, talking to people. Um, but we were monogamous. So a lot of that wasn't allowed in the real world. Um, when you're a monogamous man, you just can't have female friends a lot of the times because it's always assumed that you're something else or something else is going to happen. Um, there's secrets, there's lies. So when I, when I was a lot younger, I still loved the energy of meeting new women and talking to new women and, and having other things with new women. Um, so as we got older and kind of dived into the idea of like, what is actually going on and how do we evolve into what we want to have and friends and other people and relationships, Polly became uh, 
brought up as a topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we realized that having friends was important to us, but we also realized that we were following a path that didn't make sense to our happiness. It, it didn't bring us happiness. Like we were miserable. We were in a relationship that we were trying to make work so bad for 15, 16, 17 years. You know, we're moving up in years and it's like, okay, at some point we're supposed to be happy. Mm. And the typical way of being in a monogamous relationship just was not working for us. Yeah. What were you finding like other than not being able to have friends or, you know, kind of whether it was an emotional relationship or a sexual relationship with other people, like what were those points that you're like, wow, this is so limiting and it's the container that's broken. It's not like we're incompatible because so many people in your situation would and do every day just decide to get divorced. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like for me, Bruce has been my partner for life. Right. And so I've known that from the moment I spoke words with her. Um, but I, I also didn't in, in the past, didn't know how to actually portray that and say, hey, okay, you're my partner, but I'm also this person. I'm also going through these things. I'm also trying to learn myself. Um, I think the expectation was I'm supposed to know it all at a certain point in my life. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to know how to check these boxes and live by these these notions that are put in front of me. And so monogamy was like, you know, you, you get together, you get you, you, you commit to each other and say, I'm only being with you. You have a couple kids and you just live life happily ever after. And our happily ever after wasn't coming fast enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was kind of like, you know, when is this going to make sense? And so once we kind of like had a real conversation about what we were missing. That's when we kind of opened it up and had a conversation. It was also that idea that we had to be so exclusive to each other. So it's not just sexually exclusive, it's emotionally exclusive, it's intimately exclusive. It's like our lives had to be all about each other because if not, then there's jealousy or who's this person or what kind of relationship do you have with this person? You're not supposed to have that type of relationship with that person. You know, you're supposed to get everything from your spouse, your partner. So it's, it's very confining. It's very isolating. We felt lonely together. Right. Mm, wow, that's that's a great way to put it. I imagine so many people listening to this episode right now are thinking, "Yeah, I've felt that way." Yeah. Um, I, you know, my my experience has been the complete opposite because we were open pretty much from the start when there was like so much new relationship energy still, and so it's like. Some people are like, wow, why? And we're like, oh, it was an accident, honestly. And then we just like <laughs> never, we were, we were never like mistake. Oh no, don't do that. We were like, oh, what is that? Let's scratch that itch um, unintentionally. But yeah, to have the, I think to have the bond that you two have, that it's clear that you're communicating is amazing <laughs> because you turned towards each other and you were like, how do we make this work together? Right. Um, says, you know, as I mentioned earlier, so many people would just say, oh, this isn't working and think that it's something wrong with the partner or something wrong with themselves. You two are brilliant enough to be like, no, it's actually this container. It's this construct that we are sold on that's supposed mm-hmm. to be the happily ever after that 
for so many people just doesn't exist. And, and like you said, happily ever after never comes. So I'm curious after the first, you know, who, who brought it up first? It sounds like you did, Joe. No, um, no. Okay. <laughs> no, surprisingly, um, you know, she came and said to me, you know, Hey, I've been doing some research and I'm reading and, and I'm really finding this lane that seems to kind of check some boxes for us. Um, and, and she kind of introduced me to this world in a way of saying, I think you should look at this. I think this could be something that could be helpful to us as a relationship. Surprisingly, mm. it wasn't my idea. Amazing. Well, I thought so just because earlier when you were like, well, it was infidelity. And then, right. you know, that feels like it would be the natural progression. But I love it. Reese, what were you finding? Was it like an article or a podcast or a book that opened your eyes to this? I honestly don't know what it was. I was looking more of open relationships because I didn't, I don't know that I knew the term polyamory at the time. Yeah. So it was more of open relationships. And I realized how unimportant sexual exclusivity was to me because, yeah, I love it. But at the same time, for some reason, it wasn't a big deal. So we would go through things where he would, we would have an argument that didn't make sense, but it seemed like he kind of instigated an argument so that we can take a break or break up so that he can have his time away. And I'm like, this is stupid. This makes zero sense. Right. <laughs> so let's not do that anymore. Let's start talking to each other and telling each other what we really need. Yeah. And yeah, beautiful. it just kind of it came full circle once we once I was introduced to it and kind of had that conversation and it was like, OK, now it makes sense. Some of the things that I've been trying to grow through or trying to like get rid of in my life, it, it probably has made me realize, OK, these things are normal and this life is is normal for a lot of people. Um, so it just having an avenue to be able to say, OK, I'm not weird. <laughs> you know, like I, I can have relationships and friendships outside of my partner and still be faithful to my partner. And that's, yeah. that's what I've been growing and, and learning and, and even just what our journey is constantly evolving. Um, it has been changing every day, our journey. It doesn't just kind of, we didn't, we start off with this idea of one thing. And then if, if you ask us that question to yesterday, it may be different than what it is tomorrow. Honestly, it is constantly evolving. Right. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about non-monogamy is it's like, it's a continuous active choice and evolution. Whereas you know, not to keep comparing it to monogamy, but that that's our conversation today where it's like a one size fits all. And this is like where are we at in this moment and brings so much more intimacy because you're constantly having that relationship check in. Right. And as maybe boundaries are changing from, you know, day one to year five, you're figuring out like, okay, this is something I thought I really needed. I don't need that anymore. I can loosen up here. Or, you know, this thing actually doesn't feel as good as I thought it might feel, or I thought I wanted this. And mm -hmm. actually I don't, I don't want to be involved at all in your experiences. So what was the first initial opening dynamic and what were your original agreements and boundaries and things like that? If you even knew to talk about that stuff in the beginning, I know a little bit because I listened to your pod, but yeah. for people who don't know the two of you, I guess the question is, you know, where did you start and how did your maybe dynamics and the way that you do poly 
evolve and change over time? Well, I, I can tell you that we started with me thinking that I had to find someone that fit both of us immediately and fast. Oh, like um, a three, like a triad. Like a triad. Like I, yeah. I thought I had, okay, I need to go out and find a friend that makes sense for both of us. And she's got to be just as cool as Reese. And we all got to connect and click and almost like in my world, almost like find the perfect match immediately. Mm -hmm. Failure. I think so many yeah. people start there. <laughs> so it's normal. Yeah, it, it was a failure because it wasn't organic and natural. And there were no boundaries and we didn't we knew nothing about setting boundaries or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And Reese, were you into women at the time or was this a new exploration? It, it was a new exploration and I was not into women, not into women sexually, but it was like okay, this is what it is. So this is how it works type thing. So just kind of going with it and seeing how it feels and everything. And yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. But you were willing and open-minded to yes. have that third person as a part of your relationship mm -hmm. dynamic and see them as like a friend or a sister. And right. you wanted to be like what people would call kitchen table poly. Where yes. She could be in your home and okay. Yeah. And so what, how did we know it didn't work? Oh, you can, you can, I can read the room pretty well. And I, yeah. I can tell when things just don't feel natural. Uh, you know, when there's like a, the separate pieces are saying, this doesn't feel natural or, ah, this isn't that comfortable. Personality right. didn't mesh well. Mm -hmm. um, ideas of the relationship didn't mesh well. I think that the very first person, like she, she didn't care whether we had a good relationship as long as mm. she had a good relationship with him. So it was just. A learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And such a beautiful one because it informs then what you do after. Yeah. Is that important to you? And is that important to you now where, you know, that, that kitchen table idea of where you want to know the person and also have your own relationship with them. How did that evolve? It is important. And we're still learning how to get to that point, how to That's get to goal. that point from having him have a partner and like, how long does it take before you're bringing that person around and how often in the beginning is it okay for that person to be around just to get to know each other, just so it doesn't feel forced or mm -hmm. anything like that. So I feel like that's where we are with his current partner where we're just kind of meeting. Okay. So taking yeah. it really slow. Mm -hmm. How long has it been from the initial opening until now? Oh, a few years. At least three. Yeah, so a few years. Three years. Three, okay. So yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah. So now in your dynamic, you're dating, but not necessarily bringing her home right away. It's like, let's develop our own mm -hmm. thing and Correct. then let it happen when it right. happens. And more of a V. More of a V. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really challenging to find one person who is going to really mesh with everyone else. Like it's hard enough to find somebody that you mesh right. with on your own. <laughs> yeah. 
And now, Reese, are you also dating? I I fail at dating. <laughs> I think that I'm like super picky when it comes to dating. So I do make friends. I have guy friends and, you know, we hang out, we go places, they take me out to dinner and like we go bowling or to a movie or whatever the place may be. But not too much lately on like the intimate side. And I mm-hmm. think I'm just so picky about who I give my energy to. Yeah. That it's hard. Dating is hard. Yeah. Well, you're a self-proclaimed poly introvert. So do <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. That's hard. <laughs> I was going to say, does that provide a lot of challenges? But I'm, I'm also guessing that it's beautiful in a way and that there are gifts that come from that because yes. I, I could look at my life and say, oh, I gave my energy away to too many people without mm-hmm. a lot of boundaries and self-care. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's never good to be extreme one way or the other. Yes, because when I do form a friendship, it's usually very slow and progressive and over time and it usually lasts. So. My best friend is a guy that I've known for the past eight years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And right now we don't, we don't have an intimate relationship. Haven't in five, six years now, but we have a very deep connection because I value connections and communication and those things over the physical. Mm. So, and now when I look for guys, it's more of that. Like, what can you add to me emotionally, mentally, spiritually, more so than physical? Yeah. And that's hard to find. <laughs> it is. But it's also like when you're asking for that and you're clear on what you want and you're kind of like vibing at that level, mm-hmm. you're going to attract only people who are going to meet you at that level. So right. the pool might be smaller. But the connection is going to be more like, oh, yeah, that's on. Yeah. That's a that's a connection. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm following everything. So your best friend, you were previously intimate with. Yes. And now you're not, but you're mm-hmm. still like so right. close. I love that because I'm like a huge fan of platonic polyamory, I call it. And I think that it's one of the the greatest like learnings that I've had come out of being open for 10 years is realizing that the greatest relationships in my Mm -hmm. life, besides maybe Pasha and Lauren, like my two partners are non-sexual, like Lauren and I had a relationship with my husband at first. And then it was actually just us um, girls, us women together for like another year and a half. And then it just became really platonic but really intimate. Mm -hmm. And it felt weird to ever say that there was a breakup, even though we weren't sexual because we were like, no, this makes no sense. We're part, like you're my life partner, you know, the same as like, you know, my husband is somebody that I'm building my life with and, you know, starting a family with, but you are this other person that feels like that's it for me, you know? Um, And so I love transitioning out of that and having it be totally normal that that's still a major relationship in your yeah. life. Yeah. That's no, amazing. 
platonic polyamory. That's big. I, that's I'm learning in the beginning of my poly journey. I thought it was geared towards sex and sex was such a big driving factor in the poly world because when she introduced me to poly, when I first looked it up, it was super glorified into a sexual connotation in a lot of things. You know, a few years back, poly has been out forever for, for since humans have started. But yeah. in the real world, when you start to talk about social media and the presence of what poly shows, it shows itself in a very sexual level. It shows itself with a man and a lot of times with multiple women and these like these harem of lustful things going on. And so when I truly dove into it and learned about it and learned about the connections and the growth and things of that nature, that platonic friendship and that platonic connections became that much more important. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I had to sleep with somebody to call them a friend or a partner. I didn't, you know, there wasn't a necessary need to, to be on a sex level to have them be considered somebody important to me. Um, when I was monogamous, I, I thought I had to have, like to be, I have a female friend. I thought, okay, at some point this is going to turn to something else, right? Like I have to do this to, to be as a friend or a partner. But now in this poly world, I'm like, okay, we can actually just be partners or friends mm -hmm. and it's okay. Yeah. You know? you know, I think it's, it's so interesting. The point that you bring up reminds me that we live in a world where so many people actually, the only way that they can get intimate with others is through sex. And I think that's why, yeah. well, it's not the only reason like entertainment and media, like sensationalize everything and kind of over-sexualize anything that's taboo. Yeah. So like we see that for sure, but it's also really kind of clears up the picture that for many people, like a sexual relationship is the only way that they see to intimacy because I don't think we grow up with a lot of like role models of healthy intimacy, healthy relationships, like that might be platonic polyamory or whatever it is. And to, there's so much, there's so much of a big boundary on love, at least in my experience, like I, I guess I'm a millennial, I'm 38, but I feel like our generation is starting to kind of be like, oh, okay, like everyone tried to put love in this box, right? There's romantic love and that's monogamy and that's that. Right. And anything else is like family or friends, but like you can only be in love with your person and that's it. And it's so limiting because if you let yourself fall in love with like your friends or your even like family members, like you might have that one aunt that was like a mother to you that you have such a deep connection with that you're more intimate maybe than any that like lover you've ever had. Like they know more about you and you care more about them, like caring deeply for these people. And I think that's the cool thing about Polly is you're able to be like, oh, just because I have these intense feelings of like being in love, it's doesn't necessarily mean it's like erotic love or sexual right. love, romantic love. It's like, oh no, we can actually fall in love with many people and mm -hmm. allow ourselves to expand. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you two is also that like, you were like, wow, we can get our needs met in so many different ways. Yeah. 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 And then just hearing you say that, that the opportunity of showing love and not having much uh, that's shown in our past. Um, we do have kids. And so now one of the biggest things that we find ourselves doing is showing our kids that love doesn't come in just one shape or one size. It 
comes in different forms. It comes from different people. It comes with different boundaries. It comes with different consents. And so our kids are now seeing things that we have never seen. Um, mm. And we sometimes we joke with our kids and we say, man, I, we wish we had parents like, you know, us. And yeah. they kind of like, yeah, sure, sure you do. <laughs> but it, the, the being a poly parent now to teenagers, it just kind of has shown itself to be like, this is what we go through on a real basis. And, and we have great conversations about love. And we have conversations about boundaries and we have conversations about all the things that require to be a person in someone's life. And so once you do that, my kids are starting to realize things a little bit differently. And they're seeing things that I didn't see until I was in my 30s. They're seeing the mm. They're understanding love and, and life that coexists in a certain way where they can have friendships that don't necessarily have to yield like we have to be together to be friends. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Okay. I'm so glad you brought it to this because it was literally my next question where I wanted to go is, you know, hearing that you've shared this with your children. Incredible. So I don't even have to ask that question because so many people, you know, maybe they don't have the the courage or, or the privilege, right? Or like the safety security to, to share this with community. And like, it, it takes so much courage to even have a podcast, like what you guys are doing, but then to, to be honest with your kids. Like I know so many people that practice polyamory, but they're scared that like, I don't know, they're like something will happen with the schooling or, right. you know, people will, be mean to their kids or bully their kids if they find out. And so hearing that you've opened up about this, I would, I would love to know like how your kids received it. What was their reaction? And from there, do other community members know? And how have you normalized this conversation? So with the kids, they don't care. <clears throat> um, <laughs> we, we teach them to be independent. We teach them to stand up for themselves. Um, we are minorities in our community and in our neighborhood. So they've always been different. Mm. And when we came out here and they got into the schools, we had to teach them, hey, you know, stand up for yourself, stick up for yourself. So we, we never had that fear of them, of anybody having an opinion about them or talking about them or looking at them different because they know how to handle stuff like that. And they've been doing it their whole lives. Um, but we also don't have a close knit community. <laughs> um, our neighbors are very far apart. Uh, we only know our neighbors, one to the right, one to the left, one across the street. <laughs> that's and it. That's it. <laughs> okay. 
So, but when it comes to family, we, I, I would say my side, I didn't make a big deal about it or like made an announcement or anything like that. It was just that, say my sisters would be over and if Joey had a friend over, we would introduce them. This is who this person is. Um, and we'd explain the situation and it'd be fine. It, it's, it's kind of a surprise in the beginning because you're like, okay, what does that mean? What is this? <laughs> Yeah. What is going on? Um, but after there's an explanation and explaining of it, then it's just like, oh, okay, this works for you guys. You guys like this. You guys are happy. Okay, fine. Mm. But not we didn't really seek out, we don't seek out opinions or have many conversations about it. It doesn't really come up in conversations between family, to be honest, not in our presence. <laughs> But um, I think Joey's family is pretty much the same where they, they're just like, okay. Yeah, my family just, yeah, they accept anything. We have a, a very fluid sexual yeah. gender role kind of in my family and my side, um, you know, with, with gay or straight. Like, it doesn't really matter. So being poly on my side of my family didn't matter. And so coming back to the kids, it was like, okay, well, how do we actually introduce this to you guys a little bit earlier, get it more normalized? So there's, if someone questions you, you feel comfortable having those conversations. And if you don't feel comfortable, come back home and we'll talk about them out loud. Um, we try to have a, almost a no secrecy policy in this house. Where mm. We're truly just having true, real communication all day long. And, and you know, today, for example, uh, Reese was listening to one of your podcasts and it was talking about this um, experience you were having where you were out of, out of the country and you guys had did sex for a full month. And, yeah. you know, and my daughter walks into the kitchen and this thing's on full blast and there's no, there's no skipping a beat. We just keep going and we're like making waffles and talking about your podcast while it was happening. And so the, this, these are the things that, you know, I want my children to know and to learn and just that way to have that open ability to be who they want to be. I doubt that will be Polly because both of them seem to like, look at us like we're kind of strange people sometimes. Yeah. Naturally. But uh, I think that in the day, like at least they'll be able to walk into relationships, monogamous or poly, with an open mind that just simply says, okay, here's my boundaries. Here's what I want from this relationship. Here's how I want to grow from it. And here's what I can give you. And, and be fine with that. They may not be poly, but they can learn some things that can actually help them in the real world of relationships. Wow. That's so beautiful. It's a masterclass on parenting right here. Um, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's so funny that y'all were just like making waffles and you had, yeah. What happens when you have sex for a month straight? Um, you need a challenge, you know, when you've been together for 10 years. I, I think that's, it's so amazing the way that you have that open communication and the parenting that it sounds like is so conscious in your household. I love even hearing you say, Joe, like, if you don't know how to respond, like come home and we'll talk about it. Right. Cause I think like, I don't have kids yet. We're very soon too. We'll, we'll have kids in November. Um, right. but one of the greatest pieces of advice I, I ever got was, um, like kids don't need you to have all the answers and it's okay to say like, I actually don't know. Let's go yeah. find out together. And just arming them with like so many different 
models of love and watching you two go about it and see like what works and what doesn't. Cause I imagine like what didn't work for a big chunk of their lives, like also, you know, wasn't great. And now this is like, it seems like a happier, healthier version. I don't know you two very well, but you're in this place where you're like growing together and learning together. So they're seeing healthy intimacy. Um, whereas like, you know, maybe they don't choose poly, but they're choosing their relationships consciously because yes. of you two, like a chosen monogamy, like, oh, I know what I'm signing up for, you know, and that didn't work for my parents and like, that's okay. So I have this other opportunity over here if I want to, that's wide open, but you're right. They probably won't. Cause like my parents are big potheads and I always thought that smoking weed was so gross. <laughs> Never ever. That's so disgusting. Hippies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it's funny because as once I became poly and once we became poly, I think we became better parents as well. It gave us the opportunity to have like deeper connections and deeper conversations. Because we had to realize like the only way that we were getting better, better by being poly is we had to open up our communication and do better at communicating to each other. Mm -hmm. But that also just made me a better communicator amongst kids as well. So yeah. there just came more times to have conversations, to, to be a better listener, um, for, my, for my daughter to come home and talk about sex, which in the old, you know, if, I, if it was a monogamous guy, I'm like, well, you don't have sex until you're married or, you know, as the old school yeah. way of thinking as a dad to a daughter. But to now be able to say, okay, well, what what is the reason that you feel like you're ready to give your energy to someone else? And if you're ready, I support you. And all those things that kind of come behind there where, you know, it's just that learning and unlearning sometimes of the things that I, we had to do. Yeah. We, we, we taught ourselves to communicate with each other and use that to communicate with our kids. Yeah. It's incredible. I was speaking of communication. I had an interview right before you two with, um, do you guys know multi-amory mm -hmm. podcast? Yeah. They're so great. And they just wrote a book that's like communication tools for modern relationships. And it's like all of these incredible things that as I'm reading the book, I'm like, I never learned any of this. And I'm realizing like over the course of opening up, you're required, like mm -hmm. if you're going to do it well to, to learn quickly on your own, all these things. But now I'm like, Oh, I can put a name on this communication tool or I do this. And, but now I'm seeing like the context that they put it in. I, I just like thought it was so great. The book is so great. So I wanted to give them a shout out, but I was going to ask you, what is the way in which you, is there a structure to how you communicate when you meet someone new or you have like new information to share, do you have a, a way that you do that in a contained way or is it fluid? It would in a contained way. That sounds like it would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I got new relationship energy. When I get new relationship energy, I get excited. You just text, like just oh. hooked up with this. One, yeah, I'm just know? like, listen, I like this is the best date I've ever been on. It's the best cup of coffee I've ever had with somebody. This is the, you know, everything's the best of ever. But it, 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 for me, it was the ability to kind of dump sometimes and, and that excitement. Um, I can come home and just say, here's, here's what I'm feeling or here's how I'm feeling about somebody. Um, here's my ideal situation with this person. Here's what I'm going through or growing through. Um, and she'll mm -hmm. kind of receptively tell me a lot of things that I should know. But then sometimes she'll say, save it for your therapist, you know, and, and I'll save it for therapy. And so there's, there's that times where 
we have our boundaries in place and we I know where I can speak and what I can speak on. And there's other times where she'll say, hey, this is a relationship that you're having outside. That's yours. You know, I, I can yeah. I can listen to some of it, but some of it is private between you two mm-hmm. and keep those two things private because, you know, she may not want me to know some of these things and not in a bad way, but more in a respectful way of, you know, relationship separations at that point. Yeah, that's actually such a good point you bring up. That's, I think, a new concept for a lot of people, at least that I'm talking to that are, you know, poly of like, oh, did you get consent from your partner to share with, you know, your wife? Because they're, you know, that like assumed sort of, and people call it like a hierarchical thing where it's like, well, you know, Reese gets to know everything. And I think that's so awesome that you know, Reese, you're like, actually, no, this is container that you have. And like, you might want to check that out with, with this other woman first, but also awesome that you feel like you don't need to know it. I'm very much like that too. I mean, in the beginning, I think when I was younger, it was like, I wanted every hot detail. Yeah. Really? So it's like part of the kink for me. Yeah. Hmm. It's what really drew me to it in the beginning. And now I'm like, I don't need this old story. I've heard it a million times, <laughs> you know, like, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it in the beginning. And now I'm like, I don't have time, but it's, I love it for you, but mm-hmm. you know, I've got things to do. And it's, that's, that's really cool that you know yourself well enough to, um, you said at the beginning, and I think that's, I just want to point this out because I forgot to mention it. And then we went on to another topic, but I think so many women are conditioned to believe that sexual intimacy and exclusivity should be really important to them mm-hmm. because it's like what society teaches us. Right. You know, that like, oh, how could you let your man and, you know, to hear that you were like, I realized it wasn't a big deal for me. I think so many people, not just women, just like anyone on the, you know, spectrum would do wonders for themselves if they actually checked in with their own body to see like what do I really care about what do I really feel strongly like what are my needs um because I think we're like conditioned with all of these you know needs or like this is how you should feel or it should be um that creates like all this extra pressure for how to show up in relationships so I, I thought that was really cool too and I wanted to point it out for people listening um yeah yeah, I um I had to figure out exactly what I needed in a relationship from him. And the sex is nice and the sex is great, but I realized that our our drives are completely different. And if somebody else is helping him out with me, then I'm perfectly fine with that because yeah, I'm not gonna rise up to the task. So Yeah. <laughs> incredible like people get economical with your time and energy yeah <laughs> yeah that's amazing um i i'm so curious what's next for you two um you know where do you see so first of all poly by nature excellent name because it's like there's not that many you know <laughs> names yeah where did it come from because is it does it is it a play on the fact that like as you mentioned earlier, humans have always been sort of non-monogamous for right. like, you know, hundreds of millions of years. So we were having an argument <laughs> and we were having the argument via text. And he hit me with, 
well, we should go back to being monogamous. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. You're full of it. And in me writing my response, (laughs) I'm like, we are poly by nature. Like, this is who we are. It will not work monogamously for us. Mm. And when I reread my text back, I'm like, oh my God, that's our podcast name. (laughs) It's such a good name. And then I feel like you should... I couldn't tell him in the moment because we were having an argument, but I'm like, I got it. Like, this is it. I was so excited for us and mad at him at the same time. I love those. You're like, I'm going to put this in my back pocket. I'm not telling you now because I don't want to get you excited. And then I feel like you should have like a naughty by nature, you know, like in the back soundtrack. (laughs) Um, So yeah, what is, what's, on the horizon for you too. Um, where do you see the podcast going? Do you want to, yeah, like what do you think it'll evolve into? We are actually going to sit down and create a five-year plan. And, and that's on our agenda. But we want to find some way to have more conversations and more conversations not just remotely, but in person as well, and figure out what that means for us. And having more in-depth, being able to receive. So not just us speaking, but us being able to speak with people and receive and to help and to take in as much as we give when it comes to conversations. So Mm. just trying to figure out exactly what that looks like And, you know, is it a platform? Is it us offering a service? Is it us having some type of local groups or something like that? So just brainstorming, trying to be creative and seeing how far we can reach. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the podcast is has already exceeded what I wanted to to happen. So, you know, initially when we when we started talking about poly, we couldn't find a lot of information on a, on a, just a normal level, like a level that's just like, how do people talk every day? And mm-hmm. how do you learn about things and, and, you know, take away all the connotations that we were saying, this can't be, you know, just about sex. And so the, the podcast for us came in a way of saying, okay, let's talk about our truths and see if there's anybody else out there like us, or are we just a one-off weird ones out here? Uh, and so with like platforms like yourself, uh, like, and just some other platforms that we wound up connecting with and watching and learning, we're like, okay, this is this is real and these are real people and these are real experiences. And so now going forward, we find ourselves having conversations with people who are like, hey, thanks, you know, thanks for mm-hmm. that conversation. As a man, they're, you know, I'm getting other men saying, hey, I, you're okay with these things and how do I get okay with these things? Because everyone's journey is different and everyone's destination is different. But there are definitely things that we all kind of touch on that you know, you just want to be able to tap that information in from someone else and say, how did you get over this? And, yeah. you know, for me, it was insecurity and jealousy. Reese having partners, other men. How do, you know, how do I get secure in myself? How do I let go of my jealousy? You know, what does that mean to me? So for me, the podcast going in the future is just constantly giving great information, helping more people, just having a, a voice out there. So if anybody needs anything, they can just simply go and say, hey, those two people lived it. They, they've gone yeah. through it and, you know, we can take something from them. Absolutely. And so, well, it's a beautiful mission initially to start with. And I love 
like hearing what some of the, you know, creative or collaborative um, projects that can come out of this when you sit down to your five-year plan, like, I want to know what it is. Um, so if I can support you in any way, but yeah, there's, it, it's funny because sometimes I think about the poly, you know, educator community and not that I don't even know if I'm an educator, but just people who are speaking about it, normalizing it. Um, and it can almost feel like saturated a little bit because like, that's the world and the pool that I'm swimming in. But then when you think about it on a grand scale of like relationship advice or workshops or platforms in general, it's like this tiny little, like little seed that we have down here that, that we're watering. And so I think to have more people, diverse people that have, you know, different backgrounds, all walks of lives and ages so that like someone can say, well, I don't really resonate with her. She doesn't look like me or, you know, they can go and find all of these new amazing people that are, that are coming up on the scene. So that's really dope. And um, I can totally see you both doing it because you're both really, you have calm energy, well-spoken and um, I think that's what we all need is like a, just like a calming voice. That's like, it's okay. You're not a weirdo. Right. <laughs> like we're doing it, you know, I'm doing it and like, um, and it's okay to be wherever you are on the journey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited to see what comes out of this and what you both do. Um, and thank you so much for coming on open late. Please let people know where they can find you. Definitely. Instagram is where we are the most poly by nature podcast on Instagram. Um, all of our episodes are on YouTube, poly by nature podcast, poly by nature podcast and poly by nature on all of the audio platforms for podcasts. Yeah. We're everywhere. Yeah. We're everywhere. Awesome. Um, we'll link it all in the show notes. So for people, uh, who want to go right to the show notes and grab that link, go right ahead and we will stay tuned. We're excited to see what y'all do. Um, in the meantime, please do not forget to rate and review the podcast. If you leave a review and you want me to read it on the show, I will just send me a note about it. And I would love to, if you have questions, you can drop them in um, the form on our website, asking for a friend, and we will answer your questions in our Q&A episodes. I'll see you next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply